0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. So today we're answering the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Another way of putting it is, if God is all-powerful how come he allows for suffering in this world another question another way to put it people ask it this way if god is in control then why does he allow so much evil so we're going to answer that question today and and what i want to do is i want to give you some perspective in answering those questions I truly believe sometimes in answering the question, the answer to the question is not enough, even though it's true. And so what I wanna do is I wanna paint a little bit of perspective for all of us in answering that question. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what scripture can I use to share this message? And I felt the Holy Spirit said, go to Genesis chapter three, where the fall of man took, took place. So let's go, let's go to our Bibles, Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter 3 verse 9 through uh, verse 1 through 9 and then we're gonna go to Romans chapter 8 Thank God I have my napkins Because I'm sweating Romans chapter 8 and Genesis chapter 3 and it says The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any tree in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, You must not eat it or even touch it If you do, you will die You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil Verse 6 The woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful And its fruit looked delicious And she wanted the wisdom it would give her so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some of some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt the shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife Heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And here's kind of where I want to end. Verse 9. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? I want to go to Romans chapter 8 real quick. Verse 28. And it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to to his purpose would you just join me in prayer can you bow your heads and pray with me heavenly father we just thank you father we ask you to move in this place today god i i pray that that i can answer this question to the best of my ability O oh god according to your scriptures And holy spirit i pray that you may speak to our hearts today that this may be just more than a question being answered and us being puffed up with knowledge but that it will be a heart being transformed and becoming more like you. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Can we give God a praise in this house, all over this room? Uh, <clears throat> good. Um, uh, <clears throat> do we got any parents here with kids? If you have a parent, you, you have kids, right? Parents, any happy parents in the house? Thank God the kids left. Let's try this again. Do we got any happy parents in the house? Um, um, uh, you guys know I'm a parent. I have two stepchildren, and I also have two children of my own. And, uh, but I have a problem. I have a problem. I'm the godfather of eight children. How? 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 I'm the godfather of eight children. Now, now here's the problem. The problem is not just that I'm the godfather of eight children. Now, I want to be honest. I am not a good godfather. I am not. I'm a good father, but I'm not a good godfather. There's some godfathers that I have abandoned, and one day they will find out they have a godfather in Staten Island who's never called them and never spoken to them. Man, some of you guys look mad right now. You guys like, how dare you? Why are you telling us this? I'm I'm just not a good godfather. But in addition to that, somehow I am the deemed godfather of a little girl who has a godfather. But she calls me godfather. Someone say that's a problem. Say that's a problem. Why? Because one day this little girl is going to... Take me to the Maury show. And Maury's going to have to tell her, you are not the Nino. You are not the godfather. Because he doesn't have salt pepper hair. He is not your godfather. But I want to tell you, I love this precious little girl. You guys may know her. She is amazing. Her name is Amariah. Someone say Amariah. Now, now. Now, this girl, this was for her birthday. She's four years old, and um, she calls me her godfather, and I'm I'm willing to take that. I'm indoctrinating her now, and so when her real godfather comes into the picture, she's going to say, who are you? I don't know who you are, and so as long as she sees me, I am the official godfather or the non-official godfather. John is saying, where are you going with this, Pastor O? Listen, let me flow with the Holy Spirit, and and she's four years old, and I had, to, I had the opportunity of spending a couple of days with her. And, uh, and, and, and I don't know if you noticed, but she has a magic wand, and she's dressed like the Little Mermaid. She wants to be a mermaid. But I beg to differ. I, I, I was spending some time with her, and, um, and I realized that we, we played some Little Mermaid songs. And I don't know if you guys remember the Little Mermaid, you know what I mean? Like, you remember Sebastian? Like, all the, everybody's in their 30s that knows it. Andada si. da si. Darling is better, down where it's wetter, take it from me. (laughs) Darling is... Anyway, I was singing, that that, that was my favorite song growing up, and I'm playing the soundtrack of a Disney movie with Amariah, but for whatever reason, Amariah's favorite song was not... Under the sea. Under the sea. No, no. It wasn't, you got to kiss the girl. It wasn't that one. You know which one it was? These poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. I said, so I think that Amariah didn't want to be the little mermaid. She wanted to be Ursula. I'm convinced. I love kids. They, they, they're so funny. I I promise you, she wanted Ursula on repay. And she wanted me to sing. Ah, and she wanted to tell me, keep singing. Ah, 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 keep singing. You know where Ursula took her voice? Well, she wanted to be Ursula, and so. But she was a Little Mermaid for her birthday, and being a Little Mermaid for her birthday, she had this little wand, and she would go all around the room, and with this little wand, she would go up to people and say, Abracadabra, booty, 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 and you are a dog. And guess what? You was a dog. You turned into a dog. You'd have to start barking. She'd go around, and she'd be like, you are a frog. Guess what you had to do? Ribbit. And now you're a dog and a frog. You're like, rrr, rrr <laughs> That wasn't even funny, but thank you for laughing. And and she would go around with this little magic wand. And, and I just thought about that because wouldn't it be amazing if we would look at the Disney movies and say, well, wouldn't it be amazing if we had a little magic wand? So sometimes I think that in life we, we look at the Disney movies and isn't it extraordinary how... You can have a magic wand in a Disney movie and you can turn something into something else or you can change the dynamic of something else. We see it in stories where frogs become princes and where we see like evil villains become healed and it's simply because of a touch or a magic wand or some type of spell or some type of thing that happens in a movie and and I think sometimes the hero has the ability to do this. I think sometimes we look at God in the same notion. I wish God had like a magic wand where, where whatever we prayed for, God would say, Here you go, my son, Abracadabra, and boom, she loves you. Some of you guys want to pray for that right there. You're like, God, make her love me right now. No, that's called being a stalker. Get set free. I'm just saying, God, please make her love me. I've liked all her pictures on Instagram. I don't want to DM her. I want her to love me before I even meet her. No, brother, I'm praying for you. We wish we had a magic wand, and and I know in some of these maybe not so serious things that we experience, we want God to have a magic wand, but I think sometimes we go through some stuff in life And we just wish God had a magic wand that he can come and he can just swing it and wave his magic wand and your situation and your circumstance will change. A, A young mother who was diagnosed with cancer, I wish God would just come with a magic wand and heal the cancer. I wish God would come to the teenage girl who just overdosed on heroin and just come with his magic wand and wave it, and now she is set free and she is no longer or She never had to do that. I wish God would be able to rewind some things in our lives to the, to the plane that crashes and kills dozens and dozens of people. I wish that God would just wave his magic wand I wish God would wave his magic wand to the shooter that goes into a school and begins to shoot all the students inside the school. I wish God would just come with his magic wand and just change the situation, change the circumstance. God, if you are loving, if you are all-powerful, how is it that so many tragedies happen in this world? How is it that this world is full of chaos and turmoil? How is it that so many unjust things happen? What happens to the mother who, who has a, a three-year-old child and somehow he climbed up in a pool and he threw himself in the pool and the mother found them the next day or the next morning drowned in the pool? Like, what do we do when we deal with circumstances like this? It's like, God, are you even listening? God, are are you even paying attention to what's happening down here? Because I'm looking at the news, I'm looking at social media, and all I see is chaos, and I can't understand if you're a loving God, if you're a perfect God, if you're all-powerful, then how is it that this world is in turmoil? There can't possibly be a reasonable explanation. Maybe you felt like David in Psalm chapter 13 Where David says this in Psalm chapter 13, he says, How long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you refuse to accept me? How long must I wonder if you have forgotten me? How long must I feel the sadness in my heart? How long will my enemies win against me? Lord, how long? My God, look at me and give me an answer. Have you ever felt like that? I, God, I just need an answer. God, God I, just, I just need a little clarity. I just need an answer to understand why is it that in my situation that the person I love the most betrayed me. I need to understand why is it that you allowed this death in my family. Like, I, I don't understand. A, 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 recently, a prominent preacher or, or a, a pretty well-known preacher just committed suicide. And unfortunately, at the age of 30 years old, he, he decided to take his life, and he made that decision, and his children are left reaping the consequences. And I, I could imagine when they grow up, like, how? How did this happen? And, and we're, we're dealing with these questions, and we don't really know how to answer them. And when we go to God, sometimes we feel like we don't even get a better answer. Like, how did this happen? And so what I want to do is I want to attempt to, I want to attempt to paint a picture for you to give you perspective because sometimes we're asking the question because we may not have the proper perspective in life. And so what I want to do is I just want to do my very best to answer these questions, this question, by by giving you a little perspective about all the harm and the suffering and the chaos in humanity and this world. Now here's another thing I want you to consider. I want you to consider the fact that Many times when we approach God, we approach God with the exception. In other words, because there's, not one, because there's one thing that cannot be answered or there's not a reasonable explanation for, we think that all the chaos in the world cannot be explained. And I want to be honest, no, much of the chaos in this world can be explained. There are some instances where our finite, mi- our finite minds cannot comprehend or understand why something happens. But for the majority, I don't want to deal with the exception. I want to deal with general, generally all the things that happen in this world, all the things that occur. I want to I wanna talk to you and give you a perspective. And, and number one, I, I want you to write this down. I think everything in this world is diagnosed, so I'm going to start diagnosing some things. Here's, here's number one. I really think that a lot of the suffering that happens in this world is because of OBD. Everybody got quiet. I know you guys are having a good time. Just notify your face. And OBD, our, our bad, can you see that with me? One, two, three. Our bad decisions. <laughs> have, you, have you ever noticed that when you do inventory in your life, I, I don't know about you, but I've done inventory in my life and I've realized that much of my pain and suffering has been because of my bad decisions. You, you know what frustrates me about God? You know what frustrates me about God? is that God lets me experience the consequences of my bad decisions. Why? Like, don't you just wish that, like, all right, God, I'm going to do what you don't want me to do. But I want you to ensure that when I do what you don't want me to do and I make a bad decision in my life, I want to make sure that it's a safe decision. I want to make sure you rescue me from my own consequences. God, I want to make sure that whatever I do, like, have you ever been on the HOV lane? When you're only one person in the car? You're driving in the HOV lane and you praying the whole way there. God, in the name of Jesus. How dare you? God, in the name of Jesus, I declare that there will not be any police from here, from the Verrazano Bridge to the Gothos Bridge. I declare right now. Father, your word says you are breaking the law. You are driving in the HOV lane and you got to make it to church. And you pray, God, please, Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, I declare I am the head and not the tail, and I will not, I pray that the police will not see me. Now you see that the police are not there. Now the police are there. And you're saying, God, I pray they don't see me. (laughs) And now they see you. Now you see them, but you hope they don't see you, but now they see you. And now they pull you over. What's your next prayer? God, I pray right now, Father, a miracle. Father, I declare that he doesn't have a pen to write the ticket right now. I pray he runs out of paper. In the name of Jesus, I am a child of the king. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, he will not have any paper to write me a ticket. Now you're sitting there with a $150 ticket and you're saying, why, God? Are you guys on the HOV lane driving by yourself? Is that what happens? I see. Pastor 2, pray for me. Like, why, God? Like, why is this happening? Like, I don't have money to pay another ticket. So why were you driving at 90 miles an hour? Why were you driving in HOV lane? And it's like our decisions, now we come and we blame it on, on God. Now we're sitting there and it's it's not G-O-D, it's O-B-D. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that that God made a bad decision or God punished you. No, it's that you may have made a poor decision in life look what happened the bible says the woman was convinced she was she saw the tree and was beautiful and its fruit looked good, delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her so she took some of its fruit she took some of its fruit she made a bad decision but look what happens when god Comes into the picture. Here's the truth. How much? Let's take let's let's take a quick evaluation. How much of our suffering would completely be alleviated if we made every choice right? How much of our suffering will be completely eliminated if we actually made better decisions? Oh, you guys, you, guys just, you guys make the best decisions. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Here, you guys have the mic. If we just made better decisions. But the truth is that many times in life that it's not G-O-D that's creating the problem. It's O-B-D that's creating. It's our bad decisions. And this is no this is not a new thing because the first man who ever lived in this world... You guys don't know the story of Adam and Eve. God comes into the mix and he says, Adam, where are you? Notice that he doesn't say, Adam, I saw what you did. Notice that he doesn't say, hey, hey, I see you hiding behind that tree. He doesn't He doesn't come in and accuse Adam. Watch this. He doesn't accuse Adam. He never tells Adam, how dare you commit a sin? He says, Adam, where are you? The goodness of our God is always asking the question to lead you to repentance. Notice it wasn't Adam that went to God and said, God, forgive me. God, I made a mistake. God, there was a wrongdoing. It was God who came to Adam. And he says, Adam, where are you? Because we're used to meeting here. We're used to communing with each other. We're used to talking with each other. Adam, where are you? Notice he never answered questions, but he puts the blame. Who does he blame? Who? I can't hear you. He blames the. Who? I can't hear you. Say it again. Can, I, can you say it? Who does he blame? Isn't it, isn't it easier to blame someone else to take responsibility for your own actions? Oh, so much. It feels good when I blame other people and I leave it. You know, but guess what? You guys are all wrong. He blamed God. He didn't blame the woman. He blamed God. He said, the woman you gave me. From the beginning of time, humanity has decided instead of repenting and returning to God and saying, God, forgive me of my sins. Instead of doing that, you know what he did? He said, God, the woman you gave me. I didn't ask for this. I was chilling. It was me and Timon and Pumbaa. And we were chilling, akuna matata, for the rest of your days. And all of a sudden, I fell asleep one day and I saw her. Is the woman you gave me. The, the woman that you gave me. If you would have gave me a better woman, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Notice that God only asks The man and the woman, he never asks the snake because the snake had no chance of repentance. He only asks the the man, where are you? And the woman, what have you done? But he never asks the snake because the snake never had any chance of repentance, but humanity did. And instead of humanity turning to God and saying, God, forgive me, I repent for my wrongdoings. Where am I? I'm in a bad place, God. I disobeyed your law. He says, the woman, you gave me, God. Can I read something to you? Because many times we think that the punishment for our sins is what God is interested in. We make bad choices in life and we think God is punishing us for our bad choices. But what if I told you that you should be more concerned with not the punishment for your sin, but the punishment of your sin? See, we're scared that God's going to punish us for our sin, but it's our very sins that are punishing us. I'll prove it to you in the scriptures. Look what it says. The man replied, it was the woman. It says, Genesis, he ate. Suddenly they became aware of their nakedness and were embarrassed. Another translation says that the moment they ate, they felt shame. Do you know that the curse or the condemnation didn't come till verse 14? Before verse 14 ever existed, there was a verse 7. And in verse 7, he's talking about I feel shame. Shame never entered this world because of God. It entered this world because of a consequence of our sin. Isn't it easier to just blame someone else instead of taking responsibility? I remember my my younger brother. You guys remember the blackout a couple of years ago? The blackout? I remember during the blackout, my brother is in my mother's house. And it's a blackout. And so I say, hey, can you just stay with mom? I say, can you stay with mom? He says, no, I have to go to my friend's house. I say, can you not go to your friend's house? It's a blackout. Can you just stay with mom? This is my brother. I'm not going to, it's not Ruben. It's my other brother. But we're not going to, he's in the back doing security. Don't tell him. (laughs) And he says, nah, man, I just want to go to Chris's house. I want to go hang out. I said, no, 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 no. I need you to protect mom. I need you to make sure that you're there with mom. So he says, fine, I'll just stay there. I'll just stay at mom's house. Well, that's fine. Okay, the next day, I get a phone call. And he's angry with me. He's saying, bro, I got into a car accident. I said, oh, man, are you okay? No, it's your fault. I said, what do you mean? He goes, bro. Because on my way to Chris's house this morning, I got into a car accident. And if I would've just gone to Chris's house last night, I would've never gone in the morning. Therefore, I would've never been in the place where I got the car accident because I would've been at home with mom. But I should've gone last night. And you didn't let me go to last night. And because you didn't let me go last night, I got up this morning, I went to Chris's house, I guess what happened? I got into a car accident. It's your fault. I said, bro, you got issues. God bless you. It's so much easier to blame other people. It's so much easier to just say, hey, eh, it's not my bad decisions. My bad decisions is your fault, God. My bad decisions is, but I guarantee you that if we begin to make better decisions in life, much of the hurt and pain that we experience will be completely eliminated, alleviated at least. There is a true reality about other people as well, though. And I want to give you point number two. It's PBD, People's bad decisions around you. This is is when everyone's gonna shout amen. That's right. (laughs) Everyone will be shouting amen. That's right. It's their fault. No, but there is a reality here. People's bad decisions. Can I tell you that the decisions you make don't just affect you, they affect other people? The decisions, my, my, mother is, my mother is traumatized. So, so my mother, her Square Cash name, when Square Cash came out, when Square Cash came out, my mother did not want to sign up. She goes, you crazy? Then that means you guys are gonna be telling me to wire you money and you don't even have to pick it up. And so she created a Square Cash and her Square Cash name is dollar sign not made of money. That's a true story. Meanwhile, she only squared cashes to her four sons, but she says, my, I'm not made of money. Why? Because my mother is saying, no, no, I understand, but because of your decision, somehow it's going to involve me and it's going to affect me and I'm going to be involved and, and somehow I'm going to be held responsible. I, I, I'm concerned with your decisions because she understands that your decisions affect us. And we live in a day and age where everyone is a self-absorbed, it, this is a self-absorbed culture where it's all about me. And it's, hey, have you ever, have you ever seen that like, man, psst, I'm doing me. What? I'm doing me. It's all about me right now. And we live in this self absorbed culture, and, and we think, like, no, bro, like, you doing you is gonna cost me something. Like, you doing you affects me. Guess what? The decisions you make affect other people. The decisions I make will affect this church. Can I talk to the parents in this home? Sometimes our our parents, I know this is a tough message right now, but I need you to grasp this, that many times we're we're making these decisions and we only think that they affect us, and they don't. They affect everyone around us. Parents, your decisions will affect your children. Your decisions will affect your children. And, and, And much of the trauma that we experience in life comes because of decisions that we were never included in the process. Some of the traumas that we experience in life is because we were children and someone that was responsible for us, someone that was called to nurture us and take care of us and build us and, and develop us, they chose to make a decision that ended up messing us up. And so, some of the suffering that we experience in this world is not God. It's it's the decisions that others have made on our behalf. I, I, I look at I was at like I said in Pennsylvania, and I'm and I'm looking at these 13-year-old girls, broken, demon pos- demon possessed. And I'm saying in my mind, how how is it that you can you you can be 12 years old, you can be 13 years old and you can be so consumed by demonic influence at 13 so much hurt and brokenness and and damage that was caused in the life of these young people and I'm just saying a lot of these decisions weren't e- weren't even have didn't have them in mind and so the parents made these decisions and it has negatively impacted and now because of my poor decisions, and because the giants that I was not able to conquer, my children now have to try to defeat. Is this blessing anybody? Because you guys are real quiet on me. I know this isn't a holler back message, but is this blessing anybody? Let me know you're out there. The reason that we can make bad decisions, and the reason that we can make Other people can make bad decisions is because of this one thing. It's because we're all agents and creatures of love. We're all agents and creatures of love and because God designed us in such a way that in order for there to be love in this world, there also had to be something called free will. And did you know that you cannot have love unless you have free will? But also the consequence of having free will means that you have the ultimate choice and you have the potential to commit ultimate good but also the potential to commit ultimate bad you have the potential to commit ultimate good but you also have the potential to commit ultimate evil but because of free will it is also the reason that we're able to love because because love cannot be commanded love cannot be forced Many times we read the scriptures in the Bible when we say God commands love. That translation, when it says command, it's talking about the standard of love, that you ought to love God and love others. It's not saying that you're supposed to force your love on others. It's supposed to that you're supposed to express and have a desire for love. That is the standard of God's love. It's not a love that can be commanded because if you, I mean, let let, let someone come up to you and be like, I'm going to love you today. That, that's stalker, that's like rape, that's, that's not cool. That's not cool, someone, that's, there's a word for that. There's a word for that, for forced love, forced affection. And so love cannot be forced, and so you would not even be able to be human unless you could love. But in order for you to love, you have to have free choice. And free choice allows us to have ultimate good, but also to have ultimate evil. Amen? Look what Deuteronomy chapter 30 says. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curse. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Did you catch that? Oh, this is so good. I'm, I'm going to hear this on the podcast. This, the, he says, I have given you the choice of choosing good or evil, blessing or cursing. And whatever your decision is, heaven and earth are going to bear witness to it. Heaven and earth are going to bear witness to the choices you make. In other words, many times God won't even intervene because God has given his authority to man. Everything that God wills on this earth does not happen. Why? Because God made a decision a long time ago when he created us that we will be participants to what happens in this earth. The Bible says that he wills, he desires that no man will perish. That's his will. But does it mean that it's going to happen? No, because it's up to man to come into agreement with God so that his will can come to pass. Number three, write this down. AFW Red, <laughs> AFW Red, a fallen world, real evil devil. I want to answer this question by saying that the reason bad things happen to good people is because good people make bad decisions at times. It's also because people around us make bad decisions as well. And it's also because in the current state of this world, it is a fallen world with a real evil devil. Can I tell you, can I give you something? The devil in your life is not your children. The devil in your life is not your wife. The devil in your life is not your boyfriend. The devil in your life is not your husband. The devil in your life is not your family member, is not your is not your, your 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 boss, your coworker. That's not the devil in your life. I can't live my life like there isn't this real evil devil in my life. I can't live my life like we're not in a fallen state in terms of the world. I can't live my life. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal kill and destroy like we out here fighting each other and there's a devil that is coming to steal kill and destroy he said like, I, I, I can't li- i can't live my life like that because there's a devil that's coming and he's coming to steal and he's coming to kill and he's coming to, to destroy. And so I'm going to live my life with the purposes of God and the plans that he has for me. I'm going to be able to be uh, aware of the fact that there's a real evil devil. And the Bible says that when you know that a thief is coming, you don't leave the doors open. You don't give him a foothold. You don't just say, hey, come and have dinner. No, you prepare for battle. And so we live in a fallen state. Look what the Bible says. You won't die, the serpent replied. Notice the devil creeped in. God knows that your eyes will be open. Notice the devil twisted the truth. The devil doesn't give you great lies. Everybody knows that the best lies have a little bit of truth in it. God knows that your eyes will be open, and as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit, and ate it. Notice it says, she saw it beautiful, and it looked good. When you hang around the things that God doesn't want for your life, they will eventually start looking good to you. I hope this is blessed someone here. When you hang around the things that God doesn't want for your life, eventually they start looking good for you. And the Bible says that it became appetizing for her. She started now, oh, wow, that, you know what? It does look good. You know what? It does look delicious. I remember when, when, Lee, when Lee first gave her life to the Lord, she'd be like, yo, that's crazy because the Hennessy bottle, it glistens, and, it, and those drops be calling my name. Everybody's like, what, I I? Isaiah chapter 24, verse 20. The earth turns from one side to the other, to the other side like a drunk man. It shakes like a tent because it sits, it's, because its sin is heavy upon it. It will fall never to rise again. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. We know that everything God made, all of creation, has been waiting until now in pain, like a woman ready to give birth, groaning with labor pains until now. Wait, what? The earth is in mourning. The current state of our world, the current state of the earth, It is in a fallen position, and so everything about the world is broken. All the decisions that have been made by human beings have affected even the physical makeup of the earth. The Bible says that the sins have had a negative impact on this world. A report said, the number one contributor to the brokenness of this earth is humanity. Another article published this. Humans have destroyed a tenth of the earth's wilderness in twen- in the last 25 years. When I, um, my, my son has braces now and I had braces at the age of 13. By the age of 17, I wanted them off. Anybody had braces here? If you had braces, let's shout out right now, just like, yay! Three people. Yo, we love you, braces, brace face for life. I had braces and at 17, I was done with them because I didn't want to be 18 and have braces. And I said, listen, my teeth are good and I told my dentist to take them out. This was at 17, here you have almost 20 years later, I go back to the dentist, you know why? Because my teeth are in pain. I go to the dentist and she goes, it's the same dentist by the way, so this is just classic, this is just amazing, great conversations that we have. She knows me since I was 15 years old, 14 years old. And she says, you know, you know why this is happening, right? And I said, no. She goes, you're grinding your teeth because your bite is not aligned. And the reason that your bite is, a li- is not aligned is because at 17 years old, you told me to take off your braces. And I said, woman, you need counseling. Like, get set free or something because, no, she goes, no, you told me to take off your braces. You never finished the process, did you? And I said, no, I, 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 don't, I actually, I didn't. I, to- I told you to take them off. And she goes, well, that's why your teeth are not aligned. This is what happened to the earth. The earth, if something could happen that in the span of 20 years, a decision that I made at 17 years old is affecting me now at 35 years old, where I have to go to sleep with a mouth guard because my teeth are grinding and eventually my teeth will loosen up and fall off and I'm too pretty for that. And so, that was pretty funny, I'm just. If one decision could affect me 20 years Later, How about all the decisions of humanity that God says, God, can you just give us a perfect earth? I did. And listen, let me tell you something. Humanity is lost without God. And God could give us a brand new earth every single thousand years that go by. And every single earth that God gives us, we will end up destroying. The Bible says that the earth, the earth... Nature is calling upon God's return. That the earth mourns and says, God, come back and restore this world. Heal this world. And so we're like, God, give me a perfect earth. He says, I gave you a perfect earth. But the decisions upon decisions upon decisions have put even all of nature out of sequence and out of perfection. And so there's so many. Look, look, look at the scripture. Read, look, listen, listen to the scripture. This is Isaiah. The earth turns from one side to the other like a drunk man. The earth turns from one side to the other like, it shakes like a tent because it's sin. It's heavy upon it. The sins of humanity were not meant to be carried by the earth. And even the sins of humanity have had a negative effect on this earth. And we're saying, God, why are the earthquakes happening? Why are the tsunamis happening? And I want to tell you, I want to be honest and lovingly, can I say it's because of the sins that have fallen upon the earth. And the earth is saying, God, nature is saying, God, we need you to come back again because we are in turmoil. Number four, God's loving discipline. God's loving discipline. GLD, God's loving discipline. Why do bad things happen to good people? Can it be that God will use those things in your life to develop you? I heard a preacher say, he said, God will allow you to stub your toe so that you won't break it. God will allow you to stub your toes so that you won't break in. So many times this doesn't answer the question for every single time that they're suffering in the world, but it's part of the answer to why they're suffering in the world. There are just times that God uses suffering to let you know something is wrong and that you need to trust Him. To let you know, hey, I'm using this in your life to build you, to, 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 to build you, to develop you, to create trust. I remember when Lisa went through her divorce and, and, and the joy that she experienced in her divorce. Could you imagine she was married to someone else than me? I'm just saying. When she went through her divorce, she, she was asked, like, how is it that you're, you're full of joy? How is it that you're, you're full of life? And how is it that you're, you're going through hell, but you, you don't even smell like smoke? Like, you, you just look like you're, you're chilling. Like, how is it that this is happening? How, how is it? And she goes, I will go through my divorce every single time just to get what I got out of it when I went through it. She goes, you don't understand that what I experienced, the love of God that I experienced when I went through my divorce, when I went through my separation, I experienced God in another way that, let me tell you, I will go through it again just to get what I got out of it. You just, you just, God uses it to develop. Look what James says. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come on your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Romans chapter five, verse three and five, it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems. What? We can rejoice when we run into problems? Well, here's why. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character, strength, our confidence, hope, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope would not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love, which brings me to my last point as a worship team comes up. And this is my last point. Why, why, do, why do bad things happen to, to good people? Much of our, the bad things that happen in our, in our life, if we would take inventory, we would realize that maybe, just maybe, it's, it's, our, it's our bad decisions. And it's easier to blame someone else than to take responsibility for your poor decisions, for our poor decisions. Maybe it's, number two, um, the bad decisions of other people in our life. Maybe it's just a product of a fallen world that we live in. And as long as, that we li- as long as we live in a fallen world, this world is in turmoil, and it's in chaos, and the ruler of this world is Satan, and so there's a real devil out to destroy, kill. That's, what, well, that's his purpose. His purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. How do you know it's the devil? Is it stealing something from you? Is it robbing something from you? Is it destroying? That's the purpose of the enemy. Maybe it's God looking to develop you. Maybe God is allowing it so that you can get more out of it as you go through it. Maybe it's to develop character in you. Maybe it's so that you will trust Him in ways you've never trusted Him before. Maybe it's so that you can experience a joy you never experienced before. And ultimately, at the end of it all, Can it be that it's God's redemptive power? Well, what does that mean? That means that God could take any situation that you're going through, any difficulty that you're going through, any problem that you're going through, and he could turn it around for his glory. Some way, somehow, God's redeeming power can take place. In, in Genesis chapter 3, the woman says, from now on, you and the woman will be enemies as you will give offspring in hers. You will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. So even as God is interacting with humanity and he tells the man you will now work because of your sin the consequence is you will now you will have to sweat for what you earn the woman your labor pain shall be multiplied and the snake the devil symbolization of the devil he says you will always have an issue with her seed but her seed will crush your head I don't know if you know this, but Jesus Christ died on a hill called Skull Hill. I genuinely believe that that was the moment that Jesus crushed. The Bible says that he made a public spectacle out of Satan. Even through the chaos, even through the bad decisions of Adam and Eve, even through through the world now being handed over to Satan, the keys are now placed in Satan's hand. Even through it all, God says, no, no, my son will redeem this world and humanity with his power. Pastor Rowe, what about the tragedies in the world? There's some tragedies because of all the things that we can't avoid. You didn't choose what happened to you. You didn't choose to be genetically disposed to cancer. You didn't choose for a hurricane. There's a hurricane now taking place in the Carolinas. There's a, I, I, we didn't choose those things to happen, whether you're good or bad. Forest fires, tsunamis, car crashes, diseases, none of them have any care if you're good or bad. Pastor Roe, like, I, you don't understand. I, I was innocent. I was only eight years old when I was sexually abused. Pastor Roe, like, you don't understand. I, I, I had a child and my child passed away. Pastor Roe, you don't understand that. I have family members that are going through that. In Florida and in Puerto Rico, there was just hurricane after hurricane. And, and so not, just what, what is going on? I don't understand it. In the Bible, there's a man by the name Job, and the Bible says everything was taken away from him. And let me tell you something about Job. Job complained. Job has some concerns. God, why did this happen to me? God, I had three kids, and now they're gone. God, I don't understand. I'm going to bring you my plight. I'm going to bring you my concern, God. But look what he says. Though he may slay me, yet will I trust him. Because what you need is not an explanation. What you need is strength. What you need is not an explanation. What you need is a savior. What you need is not an explanation, but you need comfort and you got love. There are so many things. God cannot give me a good enough explanation if my son died. Good. There is nothing, if God said, if God told me there would be a thousand, hear hear the heart of your pastor, because even the heart of your pastor is evil compared to God. If God told me that my son had to die so 1,000 other kids could live, I would say, you can get rid of those 1,000 kids. I want my son, because my heart is still evil, even though I love my son. I'd rather see a 1,000 kids die than my own kid die. And if you were being honest today, you would say the same thing. You would not see your child die so that other people could live. You wouldn't. And neither would I. And there would be no significant explanation that the creator of the universe could ever tell me that would be suffice as to why my son passed away. Nothing. But Job said, yet, though you may slay me, yet I will trust you. Another translation says, though you may slay me, I will praise you. God, I don't understand it all. I don't know why I'm in the situation I'm in right now. But but I know that maybe an explanation is not what is going to rescue me. Maybe it's going to be your presence just being there every step of the way. Right there where you are. Can you just bow your heads every person here? Bow your heads. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.